listening to the Cook and Bartender Podcast with hosts Adam and Tiny, talking everything you want to know about the hospitality industry. And now on with our show. Ah, people, we're back. Yes, another week. Well, we have Adam here today. Holly couldn't join us because she had to go back to work. Poor sucker. That work thing gets in the way of everything. It's so in the way. Ugh. What the hell? So yeah, she's at work, but it was fun having her on for the last two weeks. I really enjoyed it. I mean, yes. she's a smart and she has a really good voice for radio. That's for sure. So thank you, Holly. Yes. And thank you everyone else for tuning in today. Welcome back to Cook and Bartender. Yes, I hope you're enjoying it as much as we're enjoying it. This is really a lot of fun. Yep. Well, tiny cheers. Cheers. By the way, because of what we're talking about today, we are drinking water. Cheersing with water. Yes. Hydration station. Mm-hmm. What are so, we talking about today? Addiction. Addiction in the service industry. Yeah. People don't know. People don't know. A lot of people probably don't know unless they're in the industry, but this is, according to a lot of studies, the industry with the highest rate of drug and alcohol use in all industries. Yep. We're right up there with the doctors. Right? We're above them. <laughs> well. They have to do more precision work. That's true. But not really. We do, too. Well, I mean, you think about it, we have, especially if you're a cook in the back, I have on a saute line, you have 10 to 20 things going at any one time, heat in the oven, ready to sit on the side, cooling down, or, or relaxing, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, we got, you know, everything has to come out perfect. You don't want burnt this or that. I don't know. A fast-paced, high-precision job. Yes. You know, things have to be perfect. And if you look at a kitchen with multiple cooks and multiple stations, I mean, the, the amount of coordination, timing everything right is quite stressful. And oftentimes you're doing it for four, five, six hours a day or in a row with no break. And kitchens aren't known to be cold. I mean, hot. They're hot, not cold. Yeah, we well, let's see. Cold in the wintertime and hot in the summertime. Yes. You sweat your balls off. So the high intensity of that job and you get through that, it's stressful. It really is. It is. And then you, you run all day long and you get time to eat. You are just like you wolf down like, like a black lab eats his food. <laughs> Done. Yep. And then on the front of the house, you know, if you're bartending or serving, I mean, you're serving people that are drinking all day, demanding, yelling, I need this now. you got to put that smile on. And oftentimes it's the same thing. You don't get a break for no. five, six hours. What's the first thing you do? You go get a cigarette break to get off the floor. What's the first thing you do after work when you're a bartender? You go home and you say, it's my turn to have a cocktail. <laughs> and you bartend for yourself. Very easy to do. But the intensity level of this industry, and I think the fact that we're wired for that adrenaline intense that personality that yeah. that is drawn to this industry, I think by nature it has a tendency to go a little harder. Yep, off, the thrill of it. Off the clock, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's the thrill. It's For me, it's just the adrenaline rush. It's knowing that you did 99.9% everything right. Yes. And, and you have happy customers walking out the door. And you landed 100 miles an hour the whole time. Yep. It's physically and mentally draining. And overall, I think it's a culture that just kind of celebrates excess. You know, we live for those getting crushed days in the kitchen we live for those busy bar days we live for those full dining room days and then i think it's easy for the these type of people yeah that one cocktail could turn into seven or eight real yep. fast after work you know well you're usually in places that have like one free and not all places but you know have one free and then you just don't can't have one and then you sit down with somebody else and you're talking about what happened like table four and that whole cabacle that happened with them and you're like oh here we go Next thing you know, you're four or five talking yep. to your counterpart about the day, and then that leads to six or seven or eight. Then you know you're drunk again. Damn. Yeah, and then you've got to get back in the morning. So then what do you do? So that is part of it. I think another part of it is the fact that this industry is such long hours and such varying shifts, and people call off, and you've got a lot of overtime. And when you're bouncing night, some night shifts, some day shifts, you just it all just leads to wear and tear, and you just got to unwind and go yep. hard, and that's that's just part of the culture, too. 
Yeah, because you got to, like anybody else, who have, I don't know, other jobs I've only cooked all my life. But when you get done at work, you're wound up. You're like tight as a spring, about ready to blow. Yes. And it's like, hey, what do you do? I know nowadays a lot of people are going to the gym afterwards, going working out. I don't know how they do that because I'm just beat. But that's what they do to help out. But back in the day, it was go to the bar, have a drink, talk what happened, socialize, maybe smoke some weed. I mean, that's right. Yeah, more of us should go to the gym. But for me, it's like I'm physically exhausted when I get done. So the gym's out of the question, but my brain's going a thousand yep. miles an hour. How do you solve, how do you get your brain to stop? Yeah, that's when you get those few cocktails in you and then, okay, I'm back to normal. You know, you go home and you're just reliving the day and all 200 customers you dealt with and all the good, the bad, and the ugly. And you're making a prep list for the next day. Like, oh, I got to right. do this and I got to do that. And yeah. Do I need to get to work early? And then your feet are sore, you know, we're up on our feet all day. On concrete, usually. Yeah, you get off and you just sit at that, sit at the bar or sit in your kitchen. And you just start pouring cocktails because you don't want to move because your knees hurt and your yep. feet hurt. And your brain's racing like a bunny. Uh, bunny. Yes. It full, went plaid. Full bunny. Plaid full bunny. bunny. You so, know yeah. And I think another part of this industry, too, that's interesting to think about is oftentimes it's a very low-wage yep. industry. And it's oftentimes it's a lot of younger people in the industry who I think by nature have a tendency to party harder. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, when you're going 10 hour day and you didn't stop and you didn't get a break and you're making eight bucks an hour, I mean, that's stressful. That's caused anxiety that leads to drugs and alcohol. That's, I think, a big factor. I think so. I mean, I was, I really didn't drink until I started cooking. Well, take, take that back. So I got the, the right bartender taught me how to cook, drink. Thank you. <laughs> Mention no names, but you know who you are. Taught me how to drink. <laughs> Shout out to the mystery person. Yep. He taught me how to drink. And he was an alcoholic, but he was a great alcoholic, but he was another one, you know, you dealt with a lot of people and every once in a while, and not that I'm a fan of it, but he would take a shot because as a bartender, you're working with all the drunks. Yep. It gets on your nerves. You're like, ah, but the best way to handle drunks is to have a couple drinks in you, which sounds stupid, but sad, but true. Well, that leads up to another good point too. Look how many bars, like where I work, we don't drink at our establishment. Mm-hmm. But eight out of ten bars out there allow drinks while you're working. Yep. Some of them might limit it to a drink an hour or two drinks per shift. And then I've been to places even recently where the whole staff is blackout drunk. Yep. You know, so if you're allowing that in the workplace, allowing to have three, four, five drinks during the shift, what are they going to do when they get off? Keep going. Keep on going. You They're know? not going to stop. Yeah. So for I've me, I'm fortunate that we work with sober people, but I see it too often. Yep. They went a little too excessive. And they're on the clock. Yeah, that's not the good thing. No, no, that's a that's a train wreck. I've uh, I've actually <laughs> went to a couple places and they were drinking and the bartender was fine and we were drinking and pretty soon the bartender was on the other side of the bar and we're like, "Yo, we need you down here." Hello, huh? I'm like, "Oh, hey, we'll see you later, bye." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, didn't pay for my drink that night. Too my two drinks." Yeah, so I walked yeah, out. It's a there's a definitely a lot of things that lead up to why this industry is what it is. Yep, you know, even cigarette smoking. Let's take that. Think, look about all the servers and bartenders that smoke. Oh, definitely. I mean, I've dozens of people that didn't even smoke started in the restaurant business and started smoking because that gets you off that floor for two minutes. Mm-hmm. It's your way to get away and get out, hide behind Take the building. Take a Yeah. I'm a, I'm a non-smoker, and I had to learn how to when I was a kid, and I was on sales station, and then the people on the hotline, they were like, hey, you got the line, and we're like, gone. I'm like, and they'd be gone for four or five minutes smoking, and then I'd just run up there, doing like, and they'd come back, and I'm like, hey, I'm gone. Like, but you don't smoke. You don't need to leave. I'm like. But you left. You've left like five times so far. Well, we're smokers. We have to smoke. And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> so then I disappeared. I go down where they smoke. And then like a minute later, like, hey, you got a salad you got to do. And I'm like, I did your work. Why don't you do mine? Yep. 
So then I learned how to hide. Nice. I'd go and hide somewhere for like three minutes. I hide in the basement. Oh yeah, there's a lot of places you can hide. Yep, and people are like, they're like, where were you? You weren't out smoking. I said no, but I was hiding just like you were hiding. That's right. That's right. It's only fair. It's only fair. If you get three minutes, I get three minutes. There you go. So yeah. otherwise, I'm stuck in that hot line doing their work and right. But just because you're not a smoker, yeah, just because you're not a smoker, you get the equal rights. You should start smoking, tiny. Yeah, I just leave. <laughs> That's smart. But yeah, it's hard to quit. I mean, I'm a smoker. Part of the biggest reason I can't quit or have trouble quitting, I should say, since I can't, um, is because I need to get away. Yep. You know, I'm in the face of 200 people nonstop. I just need that break. Okay, go home, just relax, breathe a little bit. And then you go out for the cigarette as a bartender, and that one customer follows you out. He says, oh, I don't want you to smoke alone. And in your head, you're saying, get away from me. <laughs> I'm doing this to get away from you. Right. <laughs> it happens so often. Disappear. Yeah, but all in all, it's an intense business. And there's just, it's kind of sad that the addiction rate is so high. Yep. Um, Even with marijuana and other drugs, I have nothing against marijuana, but the other drugs, I've, I'm like, what? Right. I'm like, wow. Good. And I've known a lot of cooks, and one cook especially, which he passed on by the car accident, poor man. He was an amazing hotline guy. He could do, he was just amazing. But as soon as he started coming down from him being high, he starts fucking up. So you'd always like, see you later, bye, go have a smoke. Right. Then you come back and you're like, man, high as shit, but. I don't know. I don't know how people can do that. I can't work when I'm high. And me neither. No. There's no way. Nope. But some people, that's their fuel. Yep. They do it. They just go. Yep. And I'm lucky. I never, I mean, I have tried it. Don't get me wrong. Who hasn't? But I mean, I don't go out and do it. But yeah, I've lost a, I've lost a handful of friends to addiction. And I've seen a lot of people in this industry that I've worked with oh, yeah. become train wrecks and end up not in the industry anymore because they just fell off the wagon way too hard they don't know how and it's kind of sad because some of them were very talented chefs and cooks and servers yeah and they just went off the deep end and now they're they're gone, gone. they're gone actually some of them are gone and some yep. of them are just can't work and function anymore because the business sucked them in yep the addiction sucked them in sucked them in and wore them out yep and that happens and so for anyone out there that doesn't know that this is a real issue in this industry now you're aware and it's the highest rate of addiction of all the industries in the U.S. It is. And that's for drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, everything. And it doesn't need to be, but for some reason it is. I think it's just the stress. I know for me it was, because I lived all by myself a lot most of my years. Oh, I, my brain is racing. What do I do? I got to go and talk to somebody. Right. You know, it's 11 o'clock at night. You got done work. What do you do? Well, you go to the bar and talk. We have one or two, and pretty soon you have 10. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, crap, I didn't want to do this again. Yep, it's a stress, and it's just a culture. I think it's I think it's a culture that goes back many decades. You know, kitchens are intense. There's a lot of yelling. There's a lot of coordination. Yep. There's just all that stuff, you know. I've seen chefs just screaming at their line cooks, and, you know, they look like they're about to cry. It's almost like a war zone back there, you know, and I totally understand why you're going to get off and down that bottle of Jack or whatever you're going to do, yep. you know. The uh, frustration. Yeah, it's almost like a battle zone sometimes, you know. It is. I've been yelled at more than once. I had a tape pan fly at my head. Yeah. You're like, what the hell? And you just want to go and beat them up, but you had your job to do. You got yeah. things are working. I've actually seen fist fights in the kitchen between two cooks. Bad blood, broken noses and stuff. Really? Yeah, because it was that intense. It was that busy of a day, a super high-end restaurant. I mean, everybody was running. These are $80 plates. You know, the chef's yelling at everyone. And these two on the line, they just... We're going at each other, going at each other, and finally one of them just swung at him, and it was full-on brawl. Like, Whoa. that's the intensity level, you know. That I've never seen a fight in the kitchen like that, but no. I've had a lot, of, a lot of arguing, and right. I've had to break up a few. There's a lot of curse words, and a lot of bad mom jokes, yep. and a lot of all that stuff that goes into it, and that'll wear you out, man. Anxiety is high in the kitchen. I've seen actually good friends weren't friends for like a few weeks because of the whole arguing, and usually it's over nothing. Right. 
And you know, the other funny thing, we're talking about addiction, but oftentimes those moments are solved with that after shift couple yep. drinks, because then you talk it out. You talk it out, you socialize, and you know. Then you're your right. friend afterwards. Yeah, we're, we're good friends again, you know. Yeah, you wanted, to, you wanted to beat Timmy up in the kitchen, but mm-hmm. once you had a couple cocktails and talked it through, now you're fine again, and then you have to work together the next day. So a lot of times it's conflict conflict resolution, and then there happens to be a bar right there in your yep. establishment, so. That's where you do your resolution. It is. It is. So that's where you go to relax. Yep. Should turn your brain off. Yeah, a lot of factors going into this whole addiction thing. It's a weird. It's not a weird subject to talk about, but it's uh things maybe we shouldn't talk about, but we are. It's a realistic topic. It's a it real is. thing out there. And even though I go home and have cocktails, you know, after work, like it's just part of the culture. It's just yep. so ingrained in it, you know. So it has to be talked about. I think. If I think the more people do talk about it, the more the culture maybe can change. Yeah. You know, the more the more open dialogue there is, maybe this fifty year old culture of the kitchen restaurant business can Being become gross. more focused on mental health and self awareness and all those things versus just smashing the bottle and, right. and then waking up tomorrow and wash with repeat. You know. I know a lot of people are going to the gym. I don't know how they do that. I can't, I'm usually wore out, but I can see going to the gym and working out and just getting that little bit of brain energy gone. And yep, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of things. Like in the, when you sit down at the end of the night with a drink with, and you talk with everybody, you well, it was a great day or a bad day. You talk about everything that happened that day, and you make it better. You become friends and you're like a family. Yeah, talk your way through your issues. Yep. But then, like I said, you can never just have one, which is sad, but it's true. Yep, I never went to the bar just for one drink. No, nope, I nope. told you it was, but I never did. <laughs> Bad timing. I know. <laughs> it happens. I tried. I tried really hard. Yeah. So hopefully in the future, down the road, kitchens will change. The whole, just the whole thing will change. I know the kitchens have changed. Like, chefs don't yell. I, had, I mean, I was, like I said, I had a pan thrown at me, but I've also had people yell at me, and it has changed. People are more nicer, maybe, or learn uh, to be nice to people. Maybe saying thank you more often, maybe that's helped. Yeah. I don't know. Or telling people they did a good job. When I first started working, you never heard good job unless you actually did a 110% better than you usually do. So you've seen a change from your past. You've been in kitchens longer than I have until yeah. now. You've seen a little bit of I've po- seen change, positive. like a more of a positive thing, but good. I don't want to say it's gone too far because sometimes people are like, well, you didn't say thank you, but I don't have to. It's your job. That's right. You know, you do your job, and if you do it like I want you to do it, I'll say thank you or say you did a good job. But I really don't think you need to be said thank you every day. That's probably true in a lot of ways. But yeah, a little more positivity, a little bit more support. Yep. Maybe a little bit more from like management perspectives and like, you know, top tier. You even notice something weird about somebody, you know, like talk to them. See what's yep. in their brain. A little more empathy, I think, in the kitchen and in this whole business would go a long way. As chef, chefs are more high sprung. They're more perfectionists, so they want it just done right. And if you're not getting it done right, they're going to go after a yell at you. Yep. I see that a lot. I'm like, ah. Right, that's high stress. Ah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> like, I can't wait to have a drink when I get home. Yep. This guy just screamed at me again. How about we go and stab him? Yeah. But maybe a more supporting cast would do better. I don't know what the answer is. I'm not a addiction specialist. No, am I. Or business specialist, but. I'm just a person on the front lines doing my job. There you go. Trying to get it all going. One battle at a time. Yep. Because it's it really stressful. Yep. In general, on a busy night, you have 20 things going at one time. And I have stuff, like I said, on the side, chilling. I have things coming up. I'm looking at tickets. I have a waitress asking me a question. I have whatever in the oven. And all of a sudden, my timer in my oven, my head goes, ding, ding. Oh, crap. Got to pull that out. Oh, it's perfectly done. And then you got to flip this. And someone's like, hey, can you get that duck breast without skin on it? It's served without skin. So, yes. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of questions like that. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But, yeah. And 
by the night you're like, ah, I just want to drink. Yep, exactly it. Cool. Well, this is a good topic to address. It is. Might be a short one. Yeah. I do. But yeah, I I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah, no, I think it's just a topic we needed to bring up and address quickly. and no, uh, just a quickie. Make the world aware. Some of our episodes, that's what it is. It's just educating, nope. uh, making people aware of what the what goes on behind the scenes. I've actually seen one being addicted, and I probably shouldn't say this story, but I'm going to. I was at a bar once, and this guy, he had a nice shirt on, pocket, the bartender. and It was a nicer, up-class style bar, and it was me and a couple of friends, and we're all friends. So pretty soon, he's like, oh, crap, oh, crap. And he starts looking around, and he starts you know moving stuff, and I'm like, what's going on? I I I I lost something. Um, uh, he lost his coke. <laughs> it fell off his pocket. Oh lord! And then he found it on the floor and blew a mat, and the bag was open, so it was all on the floor. So he carefully lifted up the mat and pushed it in the pile and got a straw. And I said, "Anybody want some?" I sat there and watched two other guys walk behind the bar and do lines of coke off the floor because they didn't want it to go to waste. <laughs> floor coke. And I'm like, going, wow. Thank God I don't have that addiction. Yeah, that's that's. I was like, how can you? That's another level. That was that blew my mind right there, and I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. Yeah, and there's a time that uh, I was at the restaurant hotel. We had two different restaurants, big hotel. We could do like two thousand banquets, and then I was usually on banquets. It was right next to the chef's office, and he'd be like, "Hey, Tiny, go on and see if the locker room is empty," because it was only like hundred feet down the hallway. So I'd run down there and like, "Yeah, it's empty. All right, make sure nobody goes in. We'll be there in a second. Hey, and the chef, and all these other people would come in. And I'd sit at the door, and people were like, hey, and, uh, I'm like, sorry, the, um, uh, the man, they're doing something. they will get a few minutes. And they come back in a few minutes. All right. All they're doing is the lines of Coke are doing something like that. And they'd come out, and they're like, hey, you want some? I'm like, no, man, I'm good. But, yeah, it's a garden in the door for these people. It was really weird. I really didn't like it, but I did it. But that's part of the Coke addiction. I know the chef now is clean. I'm not sure about the other ones because I, I don't talk to them, but the chef back then was dirty, but now he's clean. He got off and everything. Doesn't drink anymore. So it was pretty cool. But that's that's too far. Yeah, I have a few cocktails and I'm I'm good. Yep, I stick with the cocktails. Yep, I'm good with that. That's all what I need. Cool. So yeah, I think this is about the going to be a short one because what can you talk about addiction? If we talk anymore, it's going to be addiction. <laughs> we'll need a cocktail. <laughs> we need a cocktail. <laughs> I'm getting dry out of the water. Short educational one. Thanks yeah. for listening, everybody. Yep. And then I hope, uh, like I said, give us a email or whatever. We enjoy hearing what people have to say. Feedback is good. Yep. Awesome. All right. We'll talk to you later. Good see you later. Good seeing you, Tiny. Thanks, yeah. everyone. Hey, have fun. Hey, I saw my first Robin today. Sweet. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think I wanted to get a drink. Cool, because I need to smoke. Yeah, I'm tired of this water. All right. <laughs> at the world headquarters of the cooking bartender with Adam and Tiny. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Like, comment, follow, spread the word. We appreciate it cookandbartender at gmail.com cookandbartender on Facebook or cookbartender at Instagram thank you